The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Victoria. Hey, hey everybody. Yep. Happy March 25th, if you're listening live, and happy whatever day it might be in the history of the universe if you are listening to our fabulous podcast at some time later. We are so thrilled that you're going to be spending this time with us. Right after our first break, we will be bringing on Frank Ferrante, the subject of the documentary and author of the book, May I Be Frank?, total transformational inspiring story you will love that but in the meantime you are going to love our first two delicious guests who were on before at talking about uh, christmas and new year's and hanukkah and foods for that time of the year and we said you know what when the spring finally comes which here in New York City, it hasn't really come weather-wise, but it's come to the calendar. Would you come back and talk about Passover foods and Easter foods and spring foods? And they said, well, yes, we certainly will. And knowing how incredibly busy these people are as the owners of New York's three premier vegan restaurants, Candle Cafe, Candle Cafe West, and Candle 79, I am so honored that uh, Joy Pearson and Bart Potenza have uh, found a little bit of time in their super busy schedule to stop by and talk to us about fabulous food for this time of year. Hi, Joy and Bart. Hi, Hi Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I love we're having, we're having a vegan moment already. <laughs> That is fantastic. Well, I know that you have uh, a wonderful cookbook, Vegan Holiday Cooking from Candle Cafe, Celebratory Menus and Recipes from New York's premier plant-based restaurants. And, you know, when I see something that says holiday, I tend to think December holidays. But you guys are equal opportunity celebrators, and you have got everything in there from from Valentine's Day to Cinco de Mayo to Fourth of July. Uh, but right now, I'd like to talk a little bit about Passover and Easter and what kinds of foods can we be looking to 
enjoy at uh, Candle Cafe, and what do you want to tell us? Well, we have a wonderful cafe uh, candle catering Passover menu. It has the matzo ball soup, the gefilte tofu, the sweet potato simis, chopped liver, harosit, sweet potato puree, sautéed greens, roasted Brussels sprouts, potato latkes, which is one of my favorites, with an almond creme fraiche, and then also seitan brisket, and that's served with roasted carrots, shallots, and turnips. I'm salivating. I hope you all are. And flourless chocolate cake with the macaroon crust and also macaroons. And you're right. We are an equal opportunity celebrators. We think every day should be celebrated with great vegan food. Oh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear. You know, speaking of that, a friend sent me just a text. You know, it's so interesting in these days of texting, and sometimes people say we're just not as well-connected as we ought to be. But this person sent me something from the Midrash. Now, I'm not Jewish, and I don't really have a clear understanding of what that is except as a commentary on the Torah. But here's what it said, and when you talked about celebrating every day, I just felt like I needed to share this with everybody. It says, Open for me a passageway of turning your life around, even if it is only as narrow as the eye of a needle, and I shall in turn open for you passageways wide enough for entire caravans of coaches and wagons to pass through with the greatest of ease. And I think that you would agree with me that changing our diets, that going more plant-based, making it all the way to vegan at some point, is one of those ways to open that passageway to the most spectacular life. I feel that way, Victoria. I know Bart feels that way. What a privilege. It's just, I've been thinking a lot about what you just said lately, and it's such a privilege to be representing this lifestyle as much as we are. Together, Joy and I and all our team and staff in the three restaurants. You know, the day doesn't go by, and you know this, the press is constantly talking about plant-based nutrition. Uh, Dean Ornish it was in the press just this week in the New York Times op-ed. Uh, I hear that the Yankees even hired a nutritionist now who's doing everything from gluten-free to avocado, yams, and quinoa. Not completely uh, animal-free yet, but even they're looking at better ways of eating. And I guess what we want to do is that this is celebratory food and that there are no compromises. It's so delicious. And just because I read the Passover menu, I want to tell you that we're going to have like an Easter brunch here, which is going to have home pancakes and waffles with all the beautiful produce of spring and vegetable crepe and the, um, the Nuevos Rancheros. And, you know, we'll have also Easter dinner here for people. So we really do love celebrating with this quality of food is a real privilege. Well, it's celebratory to me every time I come to one of your restaurants. I mean, you treat everybody like a celebrity. I'm looking at your book here, and you have forewords from uh, Woody Harrelson and Alicia Silverstone. But I know when anybody walks into a candle restaurant, just a person off the street, they are treated as if they were some kind of movie star, too. So you guys have really got it down in terms of that. So I just wanted to ask you, with spring on its way, oh my gosh, we hope it's on its way. Yeah. How do you see kind of changing the menus at the restaurants and, and the menus at home for everybody? What are the really wonderful spring foods that your chefs are talking about this year? 
Well, what's really exciting right now is we are changing all three of the restaurants are changing to their spring menu, and today is Candle Cafe West spring met menu meeting. And what we're talking about is ramps. We're talking about fiddlehead ferns. We're talking about asparagus. We're talking about spring peas. It's very exciting. Oh, it sounds just wonderful. You know, I just got back from Paris, and there are some really, really lovely uh, restaurants in Paris. I went to the Gentle Gourmet. I went to one called Pousse Pousse, which means sprout, sprout. <laughs> that was quite, <laughs> quite lovely. But generally speaking, until I really started to know my way around that city, I felt like, am I ever going to get enough vegetables? There was plenty of bread. <laughs> It wasn't like true. But to hear you talk about all these wonderful spring greens and, and delights, it just sounds yummy. So what what's on your mind? What what's your goal for this spring and summer and going forward with all the hoopla happening around this kind of eating? Um, what's most important to you right now? Oh, Victoria, that's been our theme from day one. I, I was just doing the math in my head. We're in our thirtieth year now since we began, and Joy and I were one of the first people to use that much-used expression from farm to table. It's always been very exciting for us personally and the chefs to work directly with the farmers. Besides being staunch vegans and committed to organics, we are indeed committed to local and local farmers. And that all starts basically in May, uh, this time of year on the East Coast. After that winter, we're going to be expecting some amazing crops. So tell me how you would advise um, a cook at home so let's say somebody gets a copy of your wonderful vegan holiday cooking from Candle Cafe, and they look at the ingredients and they make a list. I think we're all used to making a list and going to the grocery store. But you go to the farmer's market, and it's different because you're seeing what's in season, so you're maybe not seeing everything that might be on that list. How does somebody get the nerve to be able to take just what's there, what's fresh, what's in season, and just start making meals out of it? What I say to people is use your own inner chef and create. Have the courage to really do it because you will be so delectably surprised at the creations you can make out of these farm-fresh vegetables. Not only that, but when you go to the farmer's market, you get to meet the grower. I love sharing recipes when you go to the farmer's market. You're always inspired because it just was picked. You know, we have growers that pick with pick for us within 24 hours of serving us. So the dew is still dripping off yeah. as it comes through the door. And it's inspiring unto itself. And then just to take that produce and go into the kitchen with it is a real exciting adventure if you make it that way. And don't worry about making mistakes. Worry about what you create. Because many mistakes of mine have been some of the best meals I've had. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. When I was in Paris, I, I met a woman who actually was on my, my database, and I put on my newsletter, you know, if you happen to be in Paris and want to meet, let me know. And so she said, let's meet, let's meet. And she brought me a little gift. Evidently, the big craze in Paris right now is coloring for adults. So she brought me this little coloring book and, and some felt-tip markers and, and this little coloring book of these very um, detailed flower pictures with a, a an affirmation, a positive affirmation in French. And the very first one is, today's mistake is tomorrow's opportunity. Oh, that's <laughs> so wonderful. We, yeah, we can certainly love take that into the kitchen. 
I, you know, we get the home. And have fun. Like, bring in yeah, family. Bring exactly. the whole family together. Go ahead. I have to acknowledge Joy and Jorge uh, Pinata and Angel Ramos for pulling that book together. I was the privileged dishwasher on that one. But we love to address the idea of the home chef, the home cook, as you said. There's no point thinking of it as being intimidating. It's very exciting. Uh, I think it's really important to address your spice rack as much as your veggies. Because mm -hmm. we, we, we do what we call international or global cuisine. On a given day, we'll have an African dish, an Asian dish, Italian, French. Today, we had a wonderful Indian plate. So it, the range is so extraordinary, and we, frankly, can't live without it. So that's our invitation to you, and you, you are, I know, and your listeners. This is amazing food, and guess what? It keeps you healthy and living a full, rich life as well. well and not only that, you know, sorry, a better tasting, better for your body, and better for Mother Earth. I mean, to decrease your carbon footprint and us having such a say to vote with our forks is really exciting. It really is, and how so many things come together. You talked about the fabulous spices, and now we know that those spices are so full of the health-promoting antioxidants yeah. that not only do they make the food fabulous, but they're making us just as healthy as the collards and the kale. It's a win-win. Exactly. Oh, well, it's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. Always a pleasure to dine at your wonderful restaurants. And I know that you've got a big meeting going on in just a minute or two. So don't want to take any more of your time. But everybody do check out the book, Vegan Holiday uh, Cooking from Candle Cafe. And, and just quickly give us the name of your other wonderful cookbooks. If somebody is going online to shop, they may as well look at all of them. Yep, we have Candle 79 Cookbook, and that's from the Sexier Sister at 79th and Lexington. And then we have the Candle Cafe Cookbook from 1307 3rd Avenue. That was the first book that we did, Bart and I. Ah, that's so wonderful. Well, we have a Main Street Vegan Academy coming up just after the early April holidays, and we would like to do our uh, graduation luncheon at Candle Cafe West, which is kind of our tradition. And love to feed you, Victoria, and your yeah. class, and make a difference every at one bite at a time. And all's well that eats well is what we like to say. <laughs> Love that. And just really quickly, Bart, you have another book, and it doesn't have anything to do with food. Tell us about that. Well, uh, over a 20-year period, I was doing basically daily affirmations in the windows of the various candles, and uh, it got compiled in book form a few years ago. It's called Look Two Ways on a One-Way Street. And it's basically <laughs> one line is, my favorite being, life can be a bowl of cherries, but you have to bring your own fruit and your own bowl. And I want to <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> and by the that. way, Joy may mention all of these books are available in our three restaurants or on oh, Amazon.com okay. and in wonderful bookstores everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. And it's so interesting how everything comes together because our, our next uh, guest transformed his life through wonderful food and affirmations. So here we are. Yeah. Oh, man. Love Letting it. everything go around the cover that way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, blessings, happy Passover, and um, all good things to you. Everybody else, stay with us through these breaks, and we'll be back with Frank Ferrante of May I Be Frank. Stay with us. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Keep celebrating. Keep celebrating Bye. every day. <laughs> we will. Thank you, Victoria.
Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. everybody. Thank you so much for being part of the program with us today. Before I bring on our next guest, I just want to give you a couple of shout outs about things going on here in the world of Main Street Vegan. This weekend, I will be joining all kinds of people like Dr. T. Colin Campbell and Chef AJ, Lenny Mulrath, Dr. Rob Ostfeld, Rich Roll, the ultra marathoner, for the Health Fest in Marshall, Texas. So if you happen to be anywhere between Dallas and Shreveport, 
you've got to check this out. And even if you are somewhere on the other side of the world, you may really want to check this out. Marshall t- Town that helped build. The mayor and his wife went plant-based. And now this this small city of 26,000, Texas, lots of people are plant-based and they're just going crazy down there. So check that out. And I hope to see some of you there next weekend, the weekend of Passover and Easter. We've been talking a lot about those holidays. I will be in Berkeley, California, for the Conscious Eating Conference on Saturday. You can get more information about that on the website of United Poultry Concerns or just Google Conscious Eating Conference Berkeley. Would love to see you guys there. And it's just so fascinating about how things come together. So I was just talking about Berkeley, and that is precisely where our next guest was when he wandered into a restaurant called Cafe Gratitude. And he didn't know what it was. He thought it was maybe some kind of 12-step clubhouse. He could probably get a cup of good, strong coffee. But what happened when he wandered in there was that he started on the path to completely change his life. It's all been documented in a documentary and followed up with a wonderful book. They both have the same name, May I Be Frank, and they're about our guest, Frank Ferrante. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Frank Ferrante has been in no particular order. A New York City cab driver, scrap metal hauler, dishwasher, census taker, mailboy, ditch digger, bouncer, illegal narcotics distributor, general contractor, actor, radio announcer, and carpenter. He is an avid reader, seeker of God, weight gain, weight loss aficionado, alcoholic, ex-pot smoker, junkie, speed freak, a raw foodist, vegan, lover, hater, father, husband, grad student, good guy, bad guy, social activist, and an altogether fascinating human being. Welcome, Frank Ferrante. It doesn't sound like the guy you'd want to bring home to mom, does it? (laughs) Well, it does, though, sound like the guy that you would want to be introduced to by a fabulous 80-year-old friend in West Hollywood. And that was actually what happened in January. Now, I knew about you. That's what happens when you make a movie. You become a movie star, and then you have fans all over like me. So I already knew you were cool. But then our... um, Our lovely friend, Suzanne Taylor, who produced the Crop Circles documentary, What on Earth, um, introduced us. So William and I were in L.A. this winter, and and we all had dinner at Gracias Madre, that beautiful Mexican vegan restaurant there in West Hollywood. And it was so exciting, because it's like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to meet him. And so I did. How are you doing? I am doing, I'm grateful. How are you? <laughs> That's wonderful. Grateful is maybe even better than great. Well, yeah, I'm grateful. I get to do these things. I get to, I get to meet interesting people. Like, and, and actually, you're not just interesting. You're really a sweet human being. Um, and and uh, I, get to, I get to travel around the country. I just came back from Kansas City. And... Um, you know, through no, uh, really through no fault of my own, I get to meet uh, and, and exchange ideas with people that I deeply respect and, and, um, and have a good time doing it. It's, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised at my life half the time, really. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, my, my new book coming up in May is The Good Karma Diet, and I really do believe that once we kind of open up to some of these these different ways of living, we really do start to see some of this good karma coming into our lives. Now, this is Unity Online Radio, and I know you actually were at the pulpit of, of the Unity Vatican. You were there speaking yeah. at Unity Village. <laughs> what was that like? Well, uh, that was... Uh that was a, a very um, powerful experience for me because I had uh, I had a very because of my very harsh uh, and unpleasant experience with the Catholic Church as a child. I went to Catholic school and and uh, and I spent a lot of years avoiding anything to do with churches and religion and all of that. And then to come full circle to be asked to speak uh, on, for, on actually on, on the topic of forgiveness uh, on Sunday at a church, uh, although it's unity, so like they're very inclusive, was really kind of wild. And, um, and, you know, unity is very different than any other church I've ever, uh, I've been involved with or have known as, as uh, in my life. They're the most inclusive, loving people I've ever met, ever. And, um, uh, it was really great to be there, and and uh, and it's very affirming too. I mean, these things that happen in, in life, in my life, where people ask me to—I mean, I'm surprised anybody really wants to hear anything I have to say, quite frankly. And and I'm always shocked that people want to yeah, ask me my opinion on stuff because you know I I just never saw myself as anybody that could dispense any kind of really seriously worthwhile information. And um, uh, and I have to, you know, one of the things that's happening with that is realizing, you know, one of the things that happened when I started eating eating clean was to me like was like not drinking. When I stopped drinking and using drugs, that was that was one portal. And then you know that was you know that was an introduction into a new way of being, and that took that was a, that's a learning curve that still exists. And eating clean again is a is really another. Uh, invitation to a deeper conversation because because the as I practice that lifestyle um, I, I, I become I gain a little more clarity and of course eating clean in and of itself isn't the answer because you can have a you could eat a bale of organic baby spinach a month it doesn't mean you're going to be an ascended master there's a, a bunch of other you know, there's other things that you have to do, and uh, I'm often asked. I'm often asked, "What's that one thing that really motivated you? That really sent you over to the edge?" And you know, it's like it's like sort of like asking, "What are the five? What are the five you know necessary things to live a spiritual life? What do I have to do?" And it really is. It's everything. It's it's everything that you do. It's not just when you. It's how you treat the people at the market when you're buying the food. It's the tree of people that are standing around you, um, the the mindset that you have when you prepare the food, how you feed your mind, how you express your ideas, all those things, how you, you know, the way, really just how you are in the world, all those things contribute to a robust life. So. 
Well, let, let's bring this um, back to your life um, for people who have not yet seen the documentary. Now, if you haven't seen it, you've got to see it, and you can watch it online for free. Just just Google, may I be frank, and, and you will uh, that you can watch the film. And then I also want to wholeheartedly recommend the book, May I Be Frank, How I Changed My Ways, Lost 100 Pounds, and Found Love Again by Frank Ferrante with a foreword from Marianne Williamson. That's a pretty good credential. Because you see the film and you see what's on the outside. You see what happened. Then you read the book and you find out what happened behind the scenes and afterwards. And it, it's, it's truly amazing because I think in the whole kind of world of transformation where we're talking about the spiritual stuff or whether we're talking about food, we kind of see the results, but we don't really see what goes on and it can be really simplistic. So in, in Frank's case, he's this 50 something guy, um, overweight, not well, wanders into this raw food restaurant in Berkeley and there was the Cafe Gratitude question of the day. What was that question, Frank? Well, the question was, what's something, uh, and just briefly, one of the things, that, the reason I ask a question of the day is to try to stimulate meaningful conversation among uh, the, the, their patrons and their patrons with the intention of creating a higher vibration. And with that being said, my server came up to me and said, what's that one thing? What's one thing you want? The question of the day was, what's that? What's one thing you want to do before you die? And I said, I wanted to fall in love one more time before I died, but I didn't think it was going to happen uh, given the way I felt. And certainly given the way I, I looked with this body that I had, I just didn't think it was going to come my way. And that motivated Ryland, that I guess touched Ryland and the boys who had been looking for somebody prior to my coming in. And one of the things I want to say about that is that when I said that, it has a very Capra-esque kind of romantic sound to it. But at the time when I said that, I was still looking for an external solution to an internal conflict. I was looking, you know, it was still that mentality. If I get the, you know, if I get the right girl, the right car, the right job, it was within that, that, that vibrational thinking. And it really was what I, what I had to come to terms with was that it was an inside job and that I had to become the person that, uh, that I wanted to meet, so to speak. And that's, that is so wise. I've heard that from other people, too. One of my friends met her soulmate after she made a list of all the qualities she wanted in a man and devoted a year to developing them in herself. <laughs> so that's cool. You know, the, but, thing about, the thing about making lists, though, you know, it's like a kind of a, it's a touchy little thing because if you, people will talk about making an ideal, you know, make your ideal lover list, you know, whatever that entails, you know, your sexual ideal, your physical, you know, whatever you meant. But the, the problem with making a list is that nobody measures up to that list ever. And, and, uh, and it's, 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 um, I think it's, it's a restrictive way of thinking. It's like you really to be open to what to be, and rather than being open to what the universe has, because the universe is a lot smarter than me. Well, I think we could all say that. So then tell us what happened. So when 
when the guys asked you to be the subject of their documentary, uh, did they say, we want you for six weeks to do affirmations and eat raw food and drink wheatgrass shots and get colonics? Had you ever heard of raw food and wheatgrass shots and colonics? And did you just say yes? Well, it, they weren't that specific when they invited me into this uh, into this en- enterprise. What what I the, what was uh, said was that I would do what they suggested. I had to, we signed we had this little sweet little ritual where they had a document. It wasn't a contract. It wasn't an enforceable document, which actually to me had more gravitas because it meant that I had to keep my word. So. So um, uh, they didn't tell me all those things ahead of time. And if they would have, I wouldn't have really known what it meant anyway uh, until until I experienced it. My first shot of wheatgrass was the most disgusting thing I ever drank in my life. I hated it with a passion. It tasted like something that was that was gathered in the back of a lawnmower. Um, and, uh, and I was told that my distaste for that particular drink was directly proportional with my the level of my toxicity which i thought was kind of convenient but um i had no idea of what i was signing up for neither did they they had no idea either and so we 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 really it was an experiment in the beginning of the film it talks about rylan uses the word experiment and that's exactly what it was they didn't know what they were doing and not not really and neither did i but I was desperate enough to try another way of being. Well, it's a fascinating thing because very often transformational story. You, you think of a person who didn't really have a history. It's like, oh, here's a person who needs help. And now we're going to do this process. And then we're going to end up with this person who's all fixed. But what's so interesting about May I Be Frank, the film, and I think even to a greater extent, the book is you had plenty of history. You'd been clean and sober for 17 years. You were in, in your 50s going to college for the first time. You had a life. There were just holes in it, particularly around health and also around forgiveness and relationships, all of which came out in this film. Did you have any idea that you were going to be so personally exposed? Not a clue. To, uh, as a matter of fact, what the intention was, it was for the film, it wasn't a doc. We had no vision of this. It was really, we set out to make a, basically a cheesy Cafe Gratitude infomercial. <laughs> That's what it was. And, and we had no idea. We, we had no idea. We had no vision. Um, it really wasn't until about two years later that a vision emerged. We shot 140 hours of tape that wound up in a shoebox because we didn't know about post-production. We didn't know how to do post-production. Uh, we didn't know anything. And so, you know, we, we, had, we, we, just, we just, we bought a program called Final Cut Pro, but none of us could ever figure out how to use it. So 140 hours of tape went into a shoebox, into a closet, until Greg Marks, uh, who, was, uh, who was working in New York and advertising and had done some film work, decided that on a whim that he wanted to be uh, on the West Coast and he wanted to, he wanted to be away from the backbiting uh, environment that, was, that he was in in New York. And he also was intent on working on a project that was meaningful. 
and he didn't know what the project was. He didn't know what he was going to do, but something called him to move to San Francisco. And so he basically got sold his, his stuff and, and, uh, and moved out to San Francisco. And shortly after moving out was at some kind of fundraiser, you know, saving the green something. And, uh, he met the, uh, the boys in the, 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 the guys from Cafe Gratitude and they hung out and, uh, they went back to, to the, to the apartment and uh, during the evening, the, the film came up in the conversation because now, by this point, it's nine months later. And uh, I had completely forgotten about the movie. And Greg Marks uh, took the shoebox, put it, you know, blew the dust off the top of the box, put it under his arm and strolled home and, and viewed as many hours of tape as he could during the night. And in the morning, called the boys up crying, saying... In tears, do you guys have any idea of what you have here? And we had none. We had no idea. And so he dedicated the next nearly two years of his life editing the film. Um, he was a musician as well, so he, he got into the San Francisco music scene and he would get musicians to come over to his apartment. He'd show them a clip of the, te- uh, of the film and they would write a song for it. The soundtrack is actually as beautiful as the film is. Uh, and so... The, and then, and then when I got called to say, you know, we, you know, you're going to come over, come on over and see the film. I said, what film? I had no idea because by now it's almost three years since we filmed it, and a lot had happened in my life, and uh, I had completely, you know, it's, it wasn't part of, wasn't, it didn't occupy any real estate in my mind at all. Next thing I know, I'm standing in front of an audience giving, they're giving me a standing ovation. And I don't know what's going on. They just they watch this film, and I walk in the theater. They give me a standing ovation, and I went from like like not knowing uh, anything about the film to all of a sudden being a representative of transformation with absolutely no training whatsoever. I love it. I love it. This is so exciting. You know what? We're at break time. So hold that thought. We're going to be gone for just a couple of minutes, and we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about the nuts and bolts of real serious gotta do this transformation stay with us i'm dr tom shepherd host of let's talk about it on unity online radio in my studies of world religions i've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions how do we make sense of life And how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, 
Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to so happy to have you with us today. I want to remind you of something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that is the Get the Good Karma Going Project. In these couple of months leading up to the publication of my 12th book, I can't believe it, 12th book. I feel like I'm a mom who just keeps having babies except their books. Anyway, The Good Karma Diet is coming May 19th, but if you pre-order your copy, you get a couple of fabulous perks. One being an exclusive teleseminar with me that's interactive. You can talk to me if you want to or you don't have to. That's going to be happening on May 17th only for people who pre-order their copies of The Good Karma Diet. And also, you will be in the running so that your favorite charity, and this is any charity. This can be an animal charity. This can be a people charity. This can be Unity Online Radio. Whatever charity you like, it's going to go in a drive. And we are going to do the very scientific pull the piece of paper out of the hat method to draw three charities to win uh, $100 each um, from us in honor of you. So if you would like to get in on any of those perks, just go to MainStreetVegan.net. Click on books, and when you see the Good Karma Diet, it will tell you exactly what you need to do to be in on that pre-order contest. I also want to let you know that this book is going to have deluxe ebooks, and that means that if you like to read Nooks or Kindles, that the deluxe edition has 30 minutes of audio and video with me, and also pop-ins from very, very cool people, uh, fashion designers Joshua Catcher of Brave Gen- Gentleman and Leanne Hilgard of Vote Couture, and also Sarah Gross, the founder of Rescue Chocolate, because the Good Karma Diet has 17 transformational stories of people who feel that they got good karma when they changed their diet, and Sarah Gross is one of those people. So whether you like your book in paper or electronically or deluxe, um, it's all there, and uh, just find out about the the contest and and the special prize at MainStreetVegan.net. Click on books, and uh, you'll be in on that. So, Frank, are you back with us? Yes, ma'am. Yay. Okay. So we're talking about May I Be Frank. It's a documentary. It's also a book. And it's so interesting how things come together. Our previous guests had the foreword to their book, Vegan Holiday Cooking, from Candle Cafe, written by Woody Harrelson. And Woody Harrelson has also blurbed your book. He says, I was deeply moved by Frank's transformation. This is an invitation for your heart to open. Now, I have to tell you, Frank, when I saw the film for the first time, I was blown away because very often people turn their health around. People lose a great deal of weight. Things happen. But in your case, something else happened. You turned into a rock star physically, 
And there is also this incredible charisma that was always there, but you seem to be able to pull it out in a much more organic and seamless way. And yet, what I learned later from meeting you and reading the book is that the end of the six-week experiment was not really the end of the story. Tell us what happened during the six weeks, and then tell us what happened when the six weeks were up. During the six weeks, uh, that was quite a mouthful, I must say. Uh, there was uh, During the six weeks um, was an introduction, in, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it was an introduction into a deeper conversation. I was exposed to practices and, uh, and ways of looking at the world, perspectives, etc., uh, in a radical way. It was, it was like radical surgery. And like any surgery, right, it's, it's uh, you, you know, after there's a recovery period. And in my case, the six weeks were, again, the, the introduction into this conversation, the exposure to this world, the expo- exposure to ways of being that were uh, up until that point were not, um, not philosophies I was particularly interested in following. Afterwards, um, you know, part of it, part of it, you know, people say, well, what, what was the most important part of it? But there were so many, so many components. For one thing, I was around very positive people. Secondly, um, I was, uh, I was very much, I used to practice uh, self-deprecating humor all the time. I wasn't allowed to do that. I was always called on that. I wasn't allowed. I was called on it. I was doing affirmations, which I really didn't like doing. Uh, I was doing. I was so outside of my comfort zone that um, that my ability to, to synthesize and and, um, and 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 you know, to synthesize and to utilize this information was going to take time. So what happened is after the forty two days, um, I reverted back to the dark side, and um, not to give too much away, but I reverted back to a lot of old behaviors and. And I would have to get to another point in my life where I was almost dead to actually turn it around and then begin to utilize more consciously everything that I had learned. So in one of the things that, that's, that I find uh, that I feel compelled to, tell, to, to explain to people is that transformation is not linear. It's not, I don't know anybody's life who that is, I mean, unless, you know, you were in a, Romantic comedy from the fifties, you know. Then there, you know, nobody's life is linear, and um, and so there were times when you know that people feel discouraged because they they take a certain path, and you know maybe they eat something that they swore they they have that chocolate eggclair, and they you know then they feel like they've just ruined their lives. And there's you know there's a funny thing on YouTube, uh, uh, stuff that New Age chicks say, and. There's one part where this woman is tapping. I love myself, even though I have a piece of cheese. I love myself, even though I, have a piece of cheese. you know, it's it's uh, it really is no one size fits all. And so, uh, when I was starting to become, when I started to wake, reawaken with all the information that I had now really incorporated and synthesized, that's really when 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 my life really started to change. Well, I love what you said about transformation not being linear, because as someone who has lost a lot of weight, as have you, the question always comes up, how long did it take you to lose it? Yes. And that's such a difficult question, because in my case, 
at my top weight, I did a 14-day water fast, or maybe that was 17. I don't know. Long time. It was two weeks or more than two weeks. And I lost a whole lot of weight. I gained most of it back and, of course, felt guilty and terrible and all that. But 10 pounds never, ever came back. So when the deeper transformation happened years later and I lost the rest of it, it's sort of like when people say, how much did you lose? Do I need to get back to the first time or is it just the second time? And I love what you're saying, that it's not some kind of neat and tidy wrapped up in a bow sort of thing. I was lost and now I'm found. It's sort of like we're all a little bit lost and somehow we managed to be found with a lot of work and some grace. Well, I, I agree. I mean, to, uh, I guess to one, one way of uh, putting what you just said in a nutshell is that uh, you may talk me off the ledge on Monday because I'm going through whatever I'm going through. And then I talk you off the ledge on Friday. <laughs> and so, you know, that goes, you know, what, that just speaks to the, the reality is, thank God we're not all screwed up on the same day. <laughs> Love that. You know, I mean, yeah. so, and so, yeah. And, and the other thing is that question about how much did you lose and when and all that, you know, that's sort of like, I consider those like questions that people that watch late night cocaine television, right? <laughs> and, and that, that. You know, I, what I say is I didn't lose the weight. I let go of what didn't belong to me. It's a, it's a very different way of looking at it. Very different way of looking at it. I love that. Yeah, that's great. So um, let's, uh, let's introduce um, people in a, I guess we'd say, third-party way to the love of your life because you did get the answer to that question. You did fall in love again. Tell us about Kat. Well, um, well, first of all, I mean, th- th- she's the most loving person I've ever met in my life. I often think she has me confused with somebody else. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's been, you know, we've been together for about four years and, and it's like the, the, the four years I've spent with her have been, really amazingly in, uh, transformational and we have had internal transformations we've 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 um our four years they've been like dog years it's like it's like it's really, <laughs> our four years have been like 28 years because i'm yeah i'm not the easiest person in the world to live with and you know i tend to be analytical and and um and um but you know but fortunately she's from the midwest which i think i think I think any guy with any brains is, that wants to get into a serious relationship should leave New York and go to Kansas. Well, as, as another Kansas City girl, I would say that's probably a wise statement. But, you know, it, it is true, and well, I think particularly true. people um, on the coast of the United States, and we have listeners from all over the world, and one thing that I learned in my two weeks in France is this is a very big world. When you live in the U.S., I think because it's such a big country, you can kind of forget that there's really more out there. But just looking at this country, I think when you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, there's so much of a push to succeed and and make it and do something amazing that you kind of forget that wonderful solidity 
of, of those middle parts of the country. When I go back to Kansas City, I always feel like I've gone to a spa. It's kind of like a spa for the soul. Uh, I agree. I, I came back. I was there a little under a week, and uh, you know, I, I would I couldn't live there because it gets too cold. I can't deal with the cold anymore. I just I just can't. But it was it was as if I was I went there, and it was a lesson in how to receive, because how to graciously receive, because people were so giving, so loving, so sweet. I mean, even when you go buy coffee, you know they. People greet you with, um, you know, hi, you know, hi, honey, hi, sweetheart. You know, you know, <laughs> it's like in San Francisco that would land you in court. You know, <laughs> you know and, and uh, but uh, but there it's just like Chicago, the same thing. I mean, I went to a diner. Hi, honey, how are you? You know, it's like stuff like that. It's like wow, how nice is that? You know, and it makes you, it you know, it it's sort of. Um, inspires generosity. You know, it's like they remember the joy of generosity. And I think the people, that, that's, that I think that one of the things that, that really inhibits the, the fluid cycle of love is that so many people have forgotten the joy of generosity. It's pretty magical. You know, you find that... that you can't keep what you don't give away. And every time you exercise that little truth, it, it seems to prove itself. Yeah. I mean, when I, I, I sometimes when I've had, uh, I've had struggles financially and there's a friend of mine who says, you know, whenever I've had struggles financially, I, you know, whatever I'm going to tip, I double it. And I do little things, you know, does, she does little things like that. And I say, Oh, it seemed it seemed antithetical to my you know my dilemma, but for, just for the heck of it, I tried it, and you know it didn't change my circumstance, but it did change the way I felt. Oh, it, it totally does. I mean, I had an experience when I was going through a very very hard time in my life, and um, I was at the Unity Church there in Kansas City, and, and said to the minister, you know, I, I know that you guys believe in tithing, giving ten percent of what comes into you uh, away, but obviously I have this and this and this and this and this going on, so you can't expect me to to give this money. And he said, Oh boy. Well, in your circumstance, you have no choice. So I believe I said something really spiritual, like, here's your damn 20. And the next day, a total stranger showed up at my door uh, delivering a check for $500 from a kind of remote friend. And that, that really said something to me. You make this little effort and it all changes. My goodness gracious, it's time for us to stop talking just about and uh, let the next show happen. Frank Ferrante, you are a rock star in, in a million ways and on every level. The film is May I Be Frank. The book is May I Be Frank. Please watch. Please read. It's about transformation and your life will be transformed. Thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you and eat your veggies. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. 
This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Many people believe that happiness is an addition problem. If we can add what we want to our life, then we will be happy. In reality, happiness is a subtraction problem. It is learning to subtract all that has kept us from being happy. What thought, fear, or belief is keeping you from being happy? Let it go from your mind and watch how much happier you become. Let go of the past. Release regret and resentment, and you'll be free to move forward and create the life you deserve. This moment of inspiration was brought to you by Reverends Richard Mirage and Richard Rogers, hosts of Spiritual R&R. For more spiritual insight, join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks, So we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, 
behavior and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.